Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. It is the Sun FM preview show where you know what sort of discussion is coming tonight. The latest of latest inept performances dictates the tone tonight. Myself, Gareth Barker. Myself, Gareth Barker. That's him. Myself, Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. We spend a lot of time together, but <laughs> we haven't quite... I haven't, I haven't written an intro down in a long time, but I felt like I needed to tonight, and it's threw me off guard. I don't read bulletins out anymore. Right, we're joined by a couple of first-timers tonight. You'd think that was me with that, with that start, but we have Dave Rose in the studio with us, massive lads fan. He's going to talk about something else a little bit later on, Dave, as well, not something we're going to go into now. David Rose is from the FSF, the Football Supporters Federation. I remind people of what that is just now, but glad to have you on as a Sunderland fan. First and foremost, Dave. Hello, I glad to be here. Not glad Sounds to be going. Delighted. Yeah, well, he's go, he's watching he's watching it like the rest of us, isn't he? Yes, yeah. It's all a bit depressing at the moment, isn't it? So at the moment, <laughs> it's continuation of the depression, just this <laughs> constant stream of disappointment. Matthew Kaling's another debutant. He joined the Wiseman Sea team recently and is helping us out with some of the writing duties we have. But first time in the studio. Good evening. Is it the first time in any studio for you? Uh, it is actually. You looked a bit unfamiliar with the microphone yeah, situation yeah. when we asked yeah. you to talk into the microphone first. That's all. Yeah, it just, definitely looks like you should have been in the studio before. I can't <laughs> give out <laughs> tips on on being professional when I when I mucked up the intro when I was reading. If anybody looks like you should you've been in the studio in the past, it's Matthew. <laughs> yeah, really yeah. In a, in maybe, Paul, in a, maybe Paul. Well, I was going to say in a music <laughs> environment, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, but you know, I'm I'm only having to dig at him. No. This is what's going to happen. Oh, well, it's going to be abusive. That's fine. A bit probably uh, like it was before, in the so stands on, yeah. on, on Thursday night. It's Thursday night? Tuesday night. Thursday dinner. We're all at the end. We're all just trying to... We're all we've discombobulated. We've we gone like done. full Jason Steele for that fifth goal. Nobody knows what's happening what anymore. What we would have done previously, uh, back in the olden days, we would have um, just started again. Oh, I mucked up that intro. We, it's not live, it's pre-record. I would have said, let's start again. But people know us better than that now, don't they? You'd think we know Sunderland's defence better than now. I'm not bothered me. As well. Should we talk about that? How I'm long have we we've gone? Two minutes, 28, without talking about the game on Tuesday night. Where uh, Matthew's closing his eyes in disbelief. Oh. Just for the people who can't see the visual of that, which is everybody, apart from the people in this studio. Um, I want to read out a couple of damning tweets, really. Phil Smith from the Sunderland Echo. Um, friend of the show, of course. It's the worst horror show I've seen in 24 years. Is the quote now? Phil's younger than us, but he's a Sunderland fan, so he, he's including his childhood <laughs> in that as well. His childhood experiences in that. James Hunter, who works for the Evening Chronicle, tweeted, "Where to start? That was right up there with the wor- with the most inept performances I've seen in the 18 years I've covered the club." Dave, we've had some inept performances in the 18 years James has covered the club. Eight nil defeats, four nil defeats at home. That's some statement from the two of those guys, isn't it? It, it is some statement. I don't know if it's the sort of 
worst worst horror show I've ever seen. Now, there has been some particularly fantastical horror shows with some performances in recent years, but I sort of see where they're coming from. It seems to be just like a culmination, just as you think it possibly can't get any worse, it does, and steals in goal again. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's just been awful. And the one thing that you would have thought when Grayson was appointed. You thought, well, that's a steady appointment, or a lot of fans thought that's a fairly pragmatic appointment. Uh, he's somebody who will get us to possibly grind out results. Uh, maybe not free-flowing football, but we might see some boring, defensive, decent shape, and we just haven't seen that. And the shape of the team at times, at home as well, has been awful. Well, no knows the league, that was it. Well, he's going to come in, it's not a spectacular thing, but he knows the league, and we'll be all right. That's one win in 16 now for Grayson in the that's... championship, because he... Lost his last, didn't win in his last six at Preston. Um, so it's not very good, really, is it? Yeah. Although I hear he's cl- claiming the wins uh, for them this season, isn't he? That's in oh, early, really? early, early to the DSC, and yeah, he'll take a bit of credit for how well they're doing oh, this right. season. Yeah, he's, 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 he's gone Moyes already, hasn't he? Yeah, he said something like, um, I left them in a good position. Yeah. And he, obviously, Alex Neal's done a good job to take over, but. Uh, I but left, it's me, 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 me. Good, don't yeah. you forget that? Yeah, I left yeah. them a good well, squad. This is narrative, isn't it? That people looking. To Sunderland from the outside um, and say nothing the manager can do. Uh, David Moyes tried to dissolve him, um, absolve himself from all blame. Well, should have tried to dissolve, dissolve himself. himself. I wish he had <laughs> <tried>. <laughs> from yeah. all blame. Like in Breaking Bad, where they put them in those like tanks of acid. Could have <laughs> yeah. done that at the end of the <laughs> season on the pitch at Chelsea. Just <laughs> gone in, put the tank on half while they were doing like the celebrations yeah. for the league. He just popped a just tank dissolved. on halfway yeah, line, just dissolved himself. Would have took the shine off John. Well, Terry's it would have been. I was going to say, would have <laughs> been. It would have been <laughs> yeah. the second most yeah. farcical thing John of the day. John Terry would have put the lid on. People are doing the same now with Grayson to an extent saying you can't and we all sympathise with the budget he's been given don't we we've mourned about it enough on here people like to to remind themselves that it's a shocking budget budget he has to deal with my issue is there's this idea that this is just this this deep-rooted problem again that's a curse almost and it's following on season after season after season we've got six points this season and five of those points came in the first three games we've played seven games since then so that suggests there wasn't this almighty hangover at the start, and if anything, things have got worse once the managers had time to work with the players. Well, start, Is that harsh or not? We'd start games brightly, wouldn't we? We'd go at teams, um, and we'd, then all of a sudden, you know, we couldn't break them down, and then they'd get a chance quickly in the game, take the chance. Then we're on the back foot, um, and but since then we haven't even we're we're not starting well. There's been too much chopping and changing all the time. Didn't really see the benefit. What was it? I mean. Whatever you think of Reuter or Steele, what was the benefit in changing the keeper? I mean, I actually thought last couple of games, although questions over Reuter for the first Cardiff goal, but like that was a collective effort, I think, between the back the back line and, and him for you know the indecision for that one. Um, th- then he's made some decent saves in that yeah. game. Then he gets dropped. Steele comes back in, concedes five. We've got a left a right back playing at left back. Um, you know, Browning's back out of the team. Wilson and Coney in the middle. It's, we seem to change our back five. It, it, it will. There's no. You know, we need we need to build that relationship. That one week we're playing four four two. Next week we're playing four five one. We're playing four three three. We're playing three at the back. Um, and, and when talk about injuries and and you know, I know that Simon Grayson made a comment suggesting he's not. I'm having to pick teams two or three hours before the game. Do, well, do you not? Go like, why don't we just set our stall out? This is where we're going to play because we need to be tough to beat. We need to go back to basics. We need to get results. 
this is what we're going to do this is my first 11 but if, if someone drops out you need to come in and do the job that they're doing and drill it like I don't yeah. understand why you, you can't prepare a squad of players to play a certain way and, and that that's worrying for me D dare I say an Allardyce-esque approach yeah yeah, well, absolutely. I think the the point about the goalkeepers is a pertinent one as well. He's he's almost dropped his first two choice keepers success in succession, therefore sucking the confidence out of both of them rather than giving one of them a a run. He's chopped and changed. Now they're both going to be feeling like they've been dropped, and it's just I don't no keeper's going to relish playing in front of our back four or five at the minute anyway. But it just takes the confidence away from them. I think. I just think. You mentioned that five of our points came in the first three games of the season and I think I might be right, well I think I am right in that it was an unchanged side for the first three three games of the season now. That could be coincidental, but then obviously we lost to Leeds and then decided to kind of change it did up he a bit. For the did he change it for Leeds? Did he go three I the back for Leeds? Was I that the first game he did that? I don't think. I think we, I think we had an un unchanged side for Leeds okay. and then after Leeds the... Uh, he decided to chop and change, but now it seems like he's just doing it for the sake of it and the hope that something's going to click eventually. Yeah. It reminds me of Steve Bruce's final few games. He was doing that, wasn't he? He was trying absolutely anything, anything and everything yeah. to try, you know, rather than just come up, like, as Gareth said, there, let's just apply some basic logic with this and try and do this and eventually things might click. It's trying this, it's trying that. Steve Bruce, we mentioned before, didn't we, his final game against Wigan, he changed the two set of midfielders and put two new ones on just to try and do something and it was just it's a little I bit it's, it's a little it's, bit desperate bit and panicky desperate isn't it is, yeah. it it feels like when on paper we've got a, a better at least first 11 than than a, a side that should be setting up well, bottom we've, we've lost eight in nine yeah i mean that's yeah. that's that first 11 is better than eight defeats in nine i would yeah. say so it's, it's just it, he's not getting the best out of the players for whatever reason whether it is the chopping and changing whether there is uh a rotten core remaining in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, I saw some people on, on social media now start to say, we've been complaining about this, and the reference on Paolo Di Canio actually right. saying, he 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 um, he identified the problem they were saying. And then they were saying, well, the similarities with Di Canio is, is the ridiculous tactics that aren't working on the pitch, is what I would suggest. But so they're starting to reference players now, this rotten core, this mythical rotten core thing, perhaps, like we're saying. Paolo identified the problem and there are a couple of players still there John O'Shea and Lee Catamol's our captain you think what kind of power do you think these p two people have over a squad well, that stems from a yeah, like, are, they, are these people actually cur people actually curse yeah. themselves it stems from that's a, ridiculous that it stems it? from a rumour doesn't it that um, they, they like led some sort of revolution against the Canio ironically um, and <laughs> Yeah, it's, I think it's a load of rubbish. I don't think it's all about the pub together and stuff, didn't they? And oh, the secret footballer come out, didn't he? And oh, start yeah, it's yeah. easy to say yeah. things when when you don't say who you are, isn't it? Dave Kitson, um, probably. Um, <laughs> I thought it was the worst kept. I think, I think going back to you know the, the managerial situation and there's, there's interesting narratives all through the thing. If you look at the game at the, at the on Tuesday night, um, and people will say. You know, Grayson needs to be awarded more time. He had a terrible budget. That's fine. I think it's that's fair. Um, and Mick McCarthy, I don't think has he ever had a, had a, ever had a spell at Ipswich as bad as this. But I, don't, I think he's only spent four million in the last two years, so he's not chucking the cash about. And he, he's, but the, the the argument would be, I guess he's got that group of players together. He's got them organised. 
and in time that the they had a couple of scares, which did they? Because he went, he went to Ipswich with this reputation of being a bit like Neil Warnock, a manager who would get a squad out of the Championship on a budget. But he, he's been there a good three, four years now, yeah, hasn't so he? I mean, and he, did, and he did. They're, they're yeah, he has struggled a lot, didn't he? At first, the comp- they're competitive. I mean, they've got four strikers there, haven't they? And Sears, McGoldrick, um, Waghorn, and Garner, um, and they rotate them, so they've got options. Um, but I just think you, you go. The, on the pitch, you can talk about grand plans and um, you know who's got better squads, who's had more budget. That fourth goal is disgraceful, and the lack of desire, the, a straight ball over the top for starters, and that. But McGoldrick's like ten yards behind the centre backs, and he runs past them and gets on the end of the ball, and that's desire. It's nothing to do with tactics or formations or. It's about the players who were shot a bit because that shouldn't happen. It's, he's not. It's not like he's, you know, Usain Bolt. You know, he's, he's just gone past him, and it's disgusting. Yeah, it shouldn't happen at any level, no. really. Like it's the basics of. It's not even the basics of defending, though, is it? It's just wanting to get at the ball first. Yeah. Like it's. It's not. There's, there's definitely an issue with. Well, certainly with, with with some of the goals on Tuesday night, there's there's there was a <laughs> some of them. That's that serious at all. Which one? Which one? There's, there's a lack of desire, but also I think something that we've struggled for for a while a lack a lack of athleticism uh, through the middle of the the pitch. We haven't had that for a long time now. Catamol has his many plus points, but he's not an athlete, um, and I think Ndong is an athlete, but unfortunately he kind of passed the ball. So I think we lack a lot through the middle and Gibson started Tuesday and if you look at I think the last goal uh, his attempt at a tackle in the middle of the pitch I, I, I uh, run a under 12s kids team and I'll be dealing out the, the hairdryer treatment for a tackle like that it's it's just awful Did Gibson move out of the centre circle for the entire game? Because he just seemed to stand about I, d- I don't Stood know. there pointing he, t- he was shocking like Well we We <laughs> We were often including them this time last week, well, and that just shows how desperate things are, uh, weren't you? Because you think, well... But instead of Catamore, alongside and Dong, but instead mm-hmm. he puts two... Gibson yeah. and that Catamore. Was more by yeah. It was a surprise, that, wasn't it? Because, uh, we, we, I mean, myself and Gareth in particular, massive Catamore fans, and we've always had his back and commented on the fact that you you can't be of um, a low ability, like some people suggest, if you spent your entire career in the Premier League, starting to play for Middlesbrough when you're 16-year-old, 13 years or something... Last week and the last game, the, the Cardiff game was when I think even we started to look and say, you know what? Well, even um, before, I'm, then, I'm not sure. You know, he looked like he was carrying a fridge around. That's on, it. That's where it is. He just looks miles off the pace, and in his head and and on the ball. And I think that's I don't know what. Why do these the players think they've got far more to? They think they've got all the time in the world on the ball. They're like standing at the edge of their own penalty area with the ball, looking around for options, and then someone comes in, and takes the ball off them, and they're back on 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 the back foot again. And I mean, you, you can go through all the goals, and that first one. I it mean, was, yeah. I mean, how much time has he got? To, there's two players out marking him. How many? How much time has he got to put a ball in? Yeah, header wasn't exactly the most powerful header, was it? The keepers sort of palmed it into the net, and then the corner. I mean, free header from a corner. It's just basic. I mean, the fifth goal. I mean, 
on, I, I've never. What was he trying? What was Steele <laughs> attempting <laughs> to do in that instance? Was he trying to rugby tackle him? Is he think, just thinking uh, I'll give away I a think penalty? He, th- he thought he was going to chip it over the top of him, perhaps. That all can the all ball, be. Uh, no, can it's look, all it could be because the ball was at his feet and he jumped upwards. I thought he so saw that, a, that, that implies he thought he was going to chip have. the ball. I up. thought he saw like a long lost relative in the crowd. <laughs> or something. He just made a beeline. It was like a cat chasing after like a ball or something, or like instead of described it was like a goalkeeper in FIFA '96 where they used to like do those random like dives, and it was absolutely mad. I've never seen anything like it. Well, and then yeah. Peter Schmeichel used to like his starfish jumps out outwards, to I know, the, but, like, but not when the ball was on the ground. Yeah, but that ball was <laughs> yeah. like they keep you, you go to ground at the, the players' feet, surely you try and stop the ball when someone's trying to go around you. You don't like. Try yeah. and like kind of jump round them, like it's like there's a glitch in the matrix or something. <laughs> <like that. laughs> well, maybe maybe that glitch is the turning point. I mean, he's come out and sort of said yeah. it's not good I, enough. I, I was I, upset I felt, or whatever. I, I did feel for a bit. I know, you, but like I feel for the seven hundred. Feel for me. Feel for the yeah, seven hundred and fifty Sunderland fans yeah. who, you know, went uh, you know went to Ipswich on a Tuesday night and took two days off work. And I feel <laughs> feel sorry for the. Do you know how many how many minutes we've been in front at home in, in twenty seventeen? No, but I've got a feeling you're going to tell us. Zero. We haven't had the lead in a game at home in a year. <laughs> right? In a calendar year. That's, the, you know, we are, we are cursed. We are feel cursed. sorry to myself. <laughs> they go into the game every week and like everybody else and the people who go home and away every week, the people who went to Everton the other week and saw what they saw there. You know, that's... That's who I feel sorry for. Yeah. I don't feel sorry for. Is it as long as a year? When was the last time we? W- we haven't had a lead at home. We'll be, in, we'll be watching, in, didn't we? We, we? And that was December. That was December. So not. I, I came home from my work Christmas then. party. <laughs> We've got four home games, I think, between before, before my next work's Christmas party. <laughs> One of them's on the day of it, so it's probably four. So I, essentially, I could get, I could have had more Christmas parties than home wins. It's not quite a year, though, is it? Not quite. <laughs> oh well, then that's all right. Then. Well, in the know, calendar year, in the calendar year, we haven't had the lead. License time flies. No, well, it's not artistic <laughs> license. No, it's since, since last in the September. calendar year. No, in the calendar year, in twenty seventeen, uh, okay, we have we have uh, not had the lead. You can't defend it. I must have missed the calendar year, but I thought you just. <laughs> no, in the calendar year, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's phenomenal. I mean, that in ten months, in ten months, we've. We've not taken the lead in a football match, and people wonder why people stop going. I think we should produce some sort of like novelty Sunderland advent calendar. <laughs> you just peeling off the doors, the waiting stats. for that. Win. <laughs> or just put horrific stats <laughs> behind each one. There's just no chocolate. Still just haven't like, scored. Yeah. Dead <laughs> pictures like Darren Gibson. Yeah. Yeah. Put some photos and some oh. images to, to add, add some colour, just of famous moments in games <laughs> where things have been unru- where things have unravelled for us. And there's no. Ch- it's not chocolate. It's like sort of. Beat dead beetles uh, and like yeah. sort of balls of dung things like that. And <laughs> it's like there's just a picture of Steele's dive on Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. And Santa's like black and white kit on Christmas Day. Yeah. He could be in one of those Christmas cards, you know, pop up cards where you open <laughs> and his dive goes across. Yeah. Like, <laughs> close to the ball, jump out the card. Relive that moment. Mm. Anyway, I didn't, I didn't feel... go for a guest. From who were playing? This is what it's coming to. Who were playing? Uh, Preston. Preston, all that. Yeah, I didn't bother because I thought we'd have enough to rant about ourselves, and we do want to speak about the new initiative that's been set up, don't we? With we Dave, we do. That's why I did primarily why Dave. So he can come back though. He's been quite good, hasn't he? Don't say so primarily. He, he was here, <laughs> and he just happened to know about this thing. Oh, as well. really? Uh, you booked us months ago. Huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Funny we were that organised. Should we go away and do that? And yeah, come let's back? do that then. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, as I did mention at the top of the show, Dave Rose is involved in the FSF. The statement from your website, Dave, so, so don't blame me if you, if you don't like the terminology of this, you might you might even come up with it yourself. Um, the Football Sports Federation is the democratic organisation representing the rights of fans and arguing the views of football supporters in England and Wales. So Scotland can fend for themselves. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Only south of the border. <laughs> south of the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and they have... Um, You've been involved in initiatives like capping the prices on away tickets in Premier League games yeah. and also safe standing, things like that, which can't come quickly enough, I'm sure everybody, yeah, every football right. fan, certainly from a certain generation, would agree with that, just in case What's some it? of our listeners aren't familiar with some of the Close things. Close at the home, done. Dave was involved with us when we did the uh, right behind the, the bubble trip, um, right. overthrowing the bubble trip in 2014. 2013, yeah. 2014. Can you explain to some of our um, listeners from so, further afield oh, well, what, a, sure. what the bubble trip well, was? Well, it was just a, it was essentially like restricting the rights of movement for football supporters to, to go to the uh, to go to the match. So well, it was for the time where you derby, time in particular. Derby, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, everyone will be familiar with that, I'm sure, um, who who listens to the show. Um, but Dave was instrumental in that, and now he's involved in the the, the red and white army. Yes, that's right. Uh, d- uh, that description of the FSF was perfect, by the way. Oh, well, you read well it off done. the website. <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, spot on. I did. And I even read it without I didn't write it, but it was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah, so, so, yeah, so FSF-wise, yeah, it's, it's almost as close as you get to a, a fans' union. It's democratic. The reason that we campaign on, say, standing on ticket prices and the likes is because that's what our members, largely that's what football fans want us to do. So we're led by that. We're led by the policies that are created. Um, that's two of the major campaigns, possibly one of the biggest wins we ever we've had. When I say we, I mean the FSF and football fans everywhere who joined in with the protests and uh, marches and that sort of stuff. Uh, was the thirty pound price cap in the Premier League, which was um, the culmination of years of campaigning around away fans generally, and then specifically the twenties plenty campaign, which we still push for. Um, thirty pounds great in the Premier League, but there's some some high prices in the football league as we're, as we're finding out <laughs> I mean that was typical um, Sunderland wasn't it they well, got relegated right then <laughs> yes exactly yeah. the FSF's office is in, happens to be as a, a quirk of fate really in Ashbrook and uh, so we were over the moon getting the price cap it was, uh, actually Newcastle got relegated uh, the first season of the price cap so we did we did, enjoyed one season of it but yeah 
after that. Yeah, it's a uh, doom and gloom. But so yeah, um, FSF is uh, like I say, it's a, like a, a union for fans. We, we we speak regularly with the Premier League. We organise what's called structured dialogue uh, with the Premier League and with the Football League. So we pull together representative fans from supporter groups around the country for that. Uh, to meet Scudamore and others at the Premier League and to meet Sean Harvey and uh, other sort of executives at the Football League and it's about bringing sort of the issues to them whether it's about the clubs in crisis I think we can firmly put ourselves into one of those now but uh, like likes of Blackpool, Coventry uh, where they've, they've had real problems with their ownership so it's taking issues like that on behalf of fans and trying to bring a cohesive voice and a sometimes a diplomatic voice but also a demanding voice for, for fans everywhere really On to the red and white army thing then do you want to set it up for Dave Gareth? I think Dave can Dave can talk about it primarily Yeah well um, as I said as a quote of fate the, the FSF's office is in Ashbrook so there's one Which or two Which is Sunderland yeah Yeah in Sunderland yeah uh, Sorry we have listeners from outside sorry, of yes, Sunderland it's, a, so. it's just on the outskirts of the city centre in Sunderland Pop in have a cup of tea uh, so there's a there's a couple of Sunderland fans obviously work for the FSF in the in the head office and um, we we've always you know we've we've had chats over the years about that there's never really been one single strong Sunderland supporters organisation there's lots of lots and lots actually probably more than most clubs disparate groups doing great things whether it's related to branches or uh, liaison groups or uh, the fanzine in particular and and people like yourselves there's lots of entities like that um we've always thought it for a club the size of Sunderland there, there should be something bigger and all-encompassing and um probably because of the relegation um relegations tend to engage fans and energize fans to, to want to do something um so at the back end of last season there was a few people coming up to me to talk about um is there a group um should there be a group if there is one, what should it look like? Um, so for the first time, there was a bit of energy and a bit of thought going into what a, a, a sort of a democratic, transparent and representative group, what, what that would look like. So behind the scenes for a few months now, we've been working on that with various people, uh, various fans and coming up with something that is as credible as we possibly can come up with or we think we've come up with. Um, so we, we put a press release out last week which talked about how we uh, all those principles about democracy and, and uh, credibility and representation. Um, we have an interim group set up, like chair and vice chair and secretary and treasurer. Um, but it's interim is an important word. We're not assuming that's the leads of the group, um, but it has to start somewhere. But very importantly, we've created uh, co-opted roles as well. Um, so this is where the representation comes in, I suppose. So we want representation from existing fanzines bloggers um, podcasts but also from atmosphere groups in the south stand from the family area from the LGBT community from uh, disabled supporters we want that cross sort of diverse range of fans and that way we feel the club should meet us has to meet us really um, and we can start putting pertinent questions to the to the club um, but crucially relaying that to the wider fan base as well and now we're not pretending that we know the club are going to answer every question uh they might not even meet us but we're going to give it a good go 
And if this regime doesn't meet us, then the next one will, because the important thing is we want the Red and White Army to be here to stay. We want it to be a group that is uh, constantly renewing itself, that the membership continues to grow um, and continues to represent Sunderland fans for years to come. The response has been incredible as well, really, hasn't it? There's near 2,000 members signed up already. Yeah. Um, and there's the obviously Whiten Awards Tuesday night, the 3rd of October. Do you want to tell us a bit about that as well? Yeah, so we've got a, the, like you say, the, the memberships come flooding in uh, right right from the off, really. We, we've almost got uh, sort of 10% of our attendance now are members <laughs> of the, the organisation, which is saying something, isn't it? Um, so it looks like we have hit on something. Um, and I think, yeah, so we, we've very quickly convened a, our first meeting, which is on Tuesday night, half past six at the Peacock, which used to be the London Derry, but is now a little bit posher. Uh, so it's upstairs in now, um, and yeah, so all members are welcome, which effectively means all fans are welcome because it's free to join. So just join up on the website and uh, come along on the night and have your say. And what what can you do as a as a member? I'm just thinking of something that some of our listeners who aren't familiar with this at all might ask. So somebody's saying this sounds interesting. What happens if I join up next for me? Well, first of all, we hope this is the first of a number of meetings, so you're automatically eligible to come along to meetings. Um, and obviously we want everybody to, to partake in the discussions that will occur there. Now, what we need to talk, talk about on Tuesday is what are we going to take to the club should we get that introductory meeting? I think that's really important. What, what are the demands that we're going to be making? So we um, make sure that the group are going armed with questions and, and to get the right sort of response. What, what we don't want is a, is just a even an elected committee um, just coming up with the ideas themselves. Um, we want to to be in a room with a lot of Sunderland fans, hopefully it's looking like it could be one or two hundred easily, um, and we want to be looking them in the eye and talking about what, what issues matter to them. We don't want the Red White Army just to be an extension of a message board and just another place for keyboard warriors to, to argue what we want is it's to be a real living breathing thing keyboard and warriors don't argue in, in real life <laughs> face to face no they don't do they? <laughs> so so yeah so we want so we want it to be something that will go on so members will be able to come to meetings they'll be able to have the say uh, and of course uh, come the time when we set up the first AGM they can come along and vote and they can vote for a new chair they can vote for a new policy coordinator and oust me out of the, the frame so it's it's completely democratic, completely transparent. So what kind of... I mean, it's hard to ask, for example. Isn't it? A lot of people would look at this. You say relegation definitely um, moved things along, I would say, but how bad things are on the pitch at the moment. It isn't a direct result of that, is it? It even might look like it is because of the timing of the of the press release and stuff. Yeah, no, the, it's, it's something, like I said, it's been talked about for a while. Uh, I would rather not have been launched into... Uh, the choppy waters as our press release put it that we have been uh, it certainly helps to energise fans and we've probably got a few more members on the back of that but uh, we'd all rather we were we were being lodged into a winning side at the top of the league um, the problem that that brings is there's obviously lots lots of calls for protests at the moment um, and as a group we need to listen to our members uh, what we want to do is we want that meeting with the club um, we want to demand to know what's went on. Why? Why is it? Why have we got to this stage? Why has a club like Sunderland got to where we are now? We want to demand to see a business plan and where we're going. What? What? What's next? How we're we getting out of this? If Short is wanting to sell up, 
How much is he selling for? Is he really actively looking for a buyer? All these questions that fans want to know, that's what that's what we're going to going to ask they might not answer us but we're going to have a bloody good ask mm. and then obviously the minutes and everything would be published so total transparency and, and people can see exactly what was said so the notes not some sort of um click that's beneficial to whoever might turn up there and think oh look at us where you're getting access how cool are we and we're better than you yeah. not that kind of thing at all there's there's honestly the, the group of people i've been working with behind the scenes um who asked me to get get involved um, if I wouldn't have got involved if it was about egos and about cozying up with the club, uh, I've got a wife, two kids, a dog, a footy team, another kids footy team of my own. I don't want to waste time on something that's just having a biscuit and a cup of tea and being patted on the head by someone. It's got, at the same time, we're not going into bang on tables and stuff, but we we need to know what's going on as as fans. But for too long now, and it's the same across a lot of clubs, um, fans are like seen as these extras in the background part of selling a TV product and it's just this sort of blurred colour in the background but that's not what it should be we should be part of the club we should be helping to make decisions and I was going to use a uh, use the example of like a business listen to the customers and that, that fans need to be more than customers but actually we're not even customers at the minute because the feedback isn't absorbed by the club um, I, I don't feel that um, and this is across football really that enough clubs listen to their fans and actually go out and just ask their fans about how things should be done I think often as well with you know engagement with fans often has a commercial benefit to, to football clubs it'll be you know the, an attempt to pull on heartstrings of other supporters by using the relationship with supporters as a vehicle you know be all, you, you know we've, we've seen and, and think some of the stuff that Sunderland have produced to be fair like the season ticket video and it is quite nice but that was good yeah. but it is essentially using it's using that that relationship with the club to sell something it isn't it use it's not using that relationship with supporters to be beneficial to the football club and that there needs to be a little give and take i think yeah no, that that ad was actually really i cried my eyes out but uh, i'm crying now <laughs> yeah <laughs> i cry my eyes out every week <laughs> but no i, th- I think uh, it is and it's about like the, there's that dynamic as well i mean it's, it's it's obviously got to make money it's a business it's got to get its marketing right and, and what have you but that get, getting all that right it's it just just taught the fans more um to be fair like sunland as a club hasn't always been the worst club at that there's many many more examples you can give that don't talk to fans at all and there is various supporter groups there doing a cracking job representing fans um we just wanted the red and white army to be something more proactively bringing in different areas of support and doing it a little bit of a different in a different way and taking in all of the modern and traditional forms of fandom and representing that at the club, that, that's what we're trying to do. I think as well, if you look look back at something like the bubble trip, you do think if this group had been formed at that time, it might not have even got to where it did that's because right. they would have asked a more diverse cross-section of supporters, there would have been a, consult, a consultative yeah. you know, relationship between the club and that group and they could, they could put stuff to that group and then they, the group would come back. And it might never have got off the ground. They might not have been, the club might not have been as complicit as as they were in that instance. And you know, there will be more things like that that happen over the years. And like you say, people have asked us, you know, questions, a lot of questions on Twitter about what. Well, what's the end goal? Like my my view is, I don't think there's no end goal. It's a con, it's a continual thing. Like you say, it's got to grow. You, you know, you want that relationship all the time yeah. with the club, so that you can try to fend off future mistakes. Um, look, owners and executives come and go. The fans are always there. Um, this supporters organisation will always be there, hopefully, and it's it's there to constantly represent 
what fans want to the club and for the club to have built that trust so that they know it's not just a bunch of head cases who's going to come in and bang on tables but it's but it isn't someone who can they, they can just palm off it's not not a patsy for the club we're actually there to to be listened to and to be respected and uh, to to represent the fans <coughs> Um, but but also who can we can help? Yeah, absolutely. Dem- democratic, obviously. So could just to, to finish up on this for somebody who maybe hasn't been involved in anything like this before, and they keep hearing that it's a democracy um, and and it's open for Sunderland fans to join. If they're sitting at home now and they aren't sure how the process of these kind of things work, you know, they might not work in an environment that, that, that lends itself to this kind of thing, and they say, well, actually, I've got this massive pressing issue that I would love the club to deal with. What would be a logical step-by-step plan well, for them uh, for them to get their voice heard. I think if it's an individual, depends on the issue. If it's an individual yeah, issue, then we would always point them to the direction of the support liaison officer. And it's worth mentioning, by the way, that uh, Chris Waters, the SLO, is probably one of the best. Well, he's one of the best in the country. It's absolutely fantastic and a great sort of ambassador for the club. Really conscientious, really hardworking. Um, he was uh, SLO of the year for the, the Football Supporters Federation Awards. Actually, That's so Sunderland did win something. Sunderland's won something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, the, the, there is still a very good, some very good staff at the club, and um, and Chris is one of those. Anybody with an individual issue, Chris would be happy to help. I think if once the issue started to, to span across, where it, whether it's about atmosphere, yeah. whether it's about ticket pricing, uh, allocations for away fans. Uh, Governance of the club, um, the, anything from the price of pies to the to the ownership of the club, I think should be within the remit of the Revmite Army. And come along to meetings, and we'll talk about it. There'll be a time if this takes off the way we want it to, where we probably have subgroups of fans working in specialised areas with the club. Um, so you will have a, a an atmosphere group um, working with the club and work with a rep on the Revmite Army and opening doors there. Um, there might be a group on whether it's the the, the family zone and uh, improving that 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 sort of stuff. So, all aspects really. And there's the FAQ on the website as well, FAQ section. Yes. Where some of the obvious questions that we might have missed get yeah. answered. And as you can well. get you get you can sign up to go to the uh, to not only to join the Red and White Army, but you yeah. can sign up for the uh, the event on Tuesday night that's, as well. That's right. Yeah. And just one last thing as well. When I was mentioning the co-opted uh, areas that we we put on the on the press release and on the website um, again just, just to underline how open we are that that's not necessarily um, in, in stone we can look at that if, if members come and think well this area should be represented this group should be represented we're happy to listen to that and to, to adapt it it's for the fans Right when we come back then we'll talk about Preston <laughs> This is a bit where we normally like thank the guest, but Dave's still with us, so it seems a bit daft to like say thanks, Dave, for that. You, Unless we yeah, send him home, just pretend he's a Preston fan. Like, put like what a flat cap on Can't or something. E bag or see that, that yeah. stereotype. That's that, that, you've yeah. just oh, made that, that's, thing, somebody from outside the northeast would make that about us as well. Don't yeah. care. <laughs> Don't care. We should have got crabbers on, shouldn't we? We should have, shouldn't we? Oh, that was stupid, wasn't it? Yeah, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah, one of the two guests, and you're just wishing that somebody else was. Here. No, no, you would have been. You would have dovetailed beautifully, Dave. You would have been I tell you now. You'd get on like a house we on fire. Put the headphones on, and we would have heard him, heard him through the system. Well, yeah, it's a there's again narratives, individual narratives, and in, around the game. And my worry is, is 
there's been a lot of talks this week. Jason Seals come out, Colin McManaman's come out. I think fans are probably sick of rallying calls of hers. I think, you know, but if they're no win for the players that well, one, because they've had more rallying calls and points. So if they don't come out and say anything, fans will say the players don't care. No, they don't even come out talking. I'm not. I'm not having them for that. But what I'm saying is, don't they? If if you, people often say, oh, you know, after a bad defeat, there's a reaction. If there's no reaction on week at the weekend. I'm, I'll be worried, genuinely thinking. You're not already. We've, we've got a ma- we've got a massive massive problem because, but we haven't really been completely pumped like this season, like we were on, on Tuesday, and, and the magnitude of the performance, which you know some have stated is the worst they've ever it's seen. Barnsley beat us by. Yeah, they three. did. All right, calm down. Let's not <laughs> talk about that again. <laughs> I, I I think they've got to be up for it surely on Saturday. It's, there's a international break, isn't there? After that as well. Yeah. So no you, game. Yeah, Grayson <laughs> does not want to go yeah, to the club he left. To, to step up in his eyes to, to leave Preston come to Sunderland bigger club yeah. which you know I, I think even Preston fans would, would agree with that but he, he saw it as a, as a challenge he said he, he does acknowledge he was in his comfort zone of Preston and it would have been easy for him to stay there and you've got to give him credit for that but these things in football tend to write themselves sometimes don't they and, you, and there's that part of you that thinks he left Preston for a bigger challenge he's gonna, is he going to go back to Preston that's where it's all going to come to an end for him if it was the other way around like and we were Preston fans, and Sunderland would 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 win, but it doesn't tend to work <laughs> like that for us. And I, and I think uh, me worry would be if we if we get beat on on Saturday is the it's the psychology of it all, mm. and it already feels like we're in a rut, but we'll definitely be in one if we go into the international break on another crap performance and a defeat. Then, well, the knives will be out for Grayson if they're not already anyway, and it's just going to be. a really toxic uh, couple of weeks till we play again uh, and the message boards will be going nuts it'll just uh, it'll just be awful a win and you start to look again and you think well yeah we're not as bad as this uh, if we can keep it you know if we can get Williams back in the middle and at least a win would get you out of the relegation zone possibly yeah, yeah. not no, not definitely because you yeah, don't know what the team you're going to do yeah. and at least Bolton look even worse than us yeah they're like losing I mean they're in, they're in they're probably in work. That's a club in worse shape than ours. Let's be yeah, fair. They've got an embargo as well, haven't they? They, yeah. couldn't, they couldn't bring anyone in permanently or anything. Yeah, that's so. a bit of a weird uh, transfer situation, didn't they? Where yeah. they got all the all the deals had to be ratified yeah. in there, and and, and you signed six month loan deals or something mm. like. Well, so, so the, I mean, we've I mean we've got them to come in October, haven't we? I don't know. Is it two or three games? Is it October? Halloween. Is it Halloween? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> right, yeah. Right at the end, but you know, There's narrative there already, isn't there? Well, that's where the, where they've got to be looking. Where we're going to like the bot. We're in a relegation battle, aren't we? Now, I mean, that's we've got Burton in November as well. Yeah, it's early. It's early days, but we're in a relegation battle already, um, and they need to get a couple of wins back to back to to change that. Um, it's you know, does he can he can he stick with Jason Steele after he's conceded five? But that means he's going to drop the keeper again. He's going to bring. Reuter back pressures on Reuter then to perform. Um, can he can he drop corner? Who it makes him look like he doesn't know what he's doing? Yeah, he's he does, said. He it makes up, him look know, like Wilson, he's just panicking. Wilson's gone off injured, so is he going to be fit? Probably, po- possibly might be. I'm very disappointed in him, mind. I have to say, yeah. I thought he would. I thought he would have been a a good sign in Wilson. I think he's looked very poor since he's since he's came in. Just looks like a bit like Catamol and and people like that who'd looked off miles off the pace a yard a yard too. Off the pace, um, I, I, I think he might come good. I think he showed some oh, yeah, signs. Yeah. yeah, well he has to. Hopefully, I mean he has to. 
I mean, Brown, Brownen, who started quite looked quite bright in pre-season, started okay. He's gone right downhill. Yeah. His confidence has obviously shot to bits, and that incident in Nottingham Forest obviously hadn't helped. Yeah. Probably carting him out to right back from centre back in that game against. Um, I've forgotten who it was now. It was, uh, it was Sheffield. I try and forget them because of all the all the defeats. <laughs> it's just so totally just in no, it was a Cardiff game, wasn't it? Oh, it was, it was yeah, a Cardiff game. Totally so he ends up at, at right back. Bizarrely. Um, Oviedo and, and Matthew seem to have quite a nice little uh, sort of relationship going on yeah. down that side but the goal came down that yeah, side yeah. the first one that cross and it was very easy so you know there's there's not going to be a silver bullet but I just think the need there's not there's too many people hiding there's too many people regardless of injuries or suspensions or whatever there's too many people on the pitch who aren't willing to I get on the ball they're just walking through the game after yeah. them to be honest I think have you ever witnessed a relegation battle in th- at this level, Matthew? Or are you too young? Uh, I am too young for a, a relegation battle at this level. Ninety-seven was my first season ticket. Oh, so the good old days! Was, uh, <laughs> that's when we started. It good. was, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the ninety sort of. Well, for the, the rest of us in the studio, just getting yeah. flashbacks to our childhood. Yeah, absolutely. It yeah. Does, yeah. Uh, and that's it. Does <laughs> it, it's weird though because it almost it, at that time people were annoyed, but. It didn't feel as though people were. I mean, I was a lot younger. I might remember it differently, but it didn't feel as though people were as annoyed about. You know, people wanted the owners to it was change. Almost gallows but there wasn't, humor, but but there wasn't, wasn't the, there wasn't the pressure now that you get where people are spending money. There's lots of money in the game, the Premier League, and 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 all that all encompassing thing. And that's such a, a massive external pressure now that you've got to you've got to be on Sky Sports News getting there. Putting bids in for these players, and you've you know how often you're on the telly. Where's the TV money going? We didn't have those issues in 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 that time, and people were annoyed about more football-led issues rather than off-the-pitch issues. And now we're not only we're rubbish on the pitch, but the kind of the issues that are going on off it, yeah, all that sort of stuff. It just exacerbates the problem now. I think it's yeah, a couple of points on that is that the the FSF ran a nas- <clears throat> national survey, and um, one of the questions was around. How do you absorb your football like other than being at the game, and how often? And it's I think it was something like it's almost every day now, for most fans. And this is not just fans who are, you know, uh, running podcasts and fanzines. This is just you know, some more normal fans. But they're still they're still absorbing. <laughs> We're their definitely f- not normal. <laughs> <laughs> We're still they're still absorbing their football like almost twenty four seven. Um, and so so it becomes more of a thing. And you cannot escape it, no. <laughs> and it's there all the time. So it becomes a dark cloud at times, and it, and, it be, and then it therefore becomes more serious, and it becomes something that you do, you know, you you want to react to more. Um, and and the other aspect of it as well is that um, there wasn't the problem with, um, I'm going to put it the well, the relationship between the fans and the club. They felt more like one of the same. There was that identity and that feel uh, where you didn't feel like a million miles away from the player. It wasn't a different world. Well, um, it's funny now because almost everyone wants that bit, but they want it in the body of Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, and, and, and the player needs to come in for eighty million yeah. pounds. Yeah. And you've got to pay the wages. People will say, "Well, yeah, yeah. you've yeah. got you've got to spend the money on the mercenary." But, but you a want, multi multi millionaire is not going to come and sit and have a pint yeah. with you in yeah. a pub. You want, God, you want <laughs> Gordon Armstrong's brain in like yeah. the body of like Lionel Messi. That's what that's what they want. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Football and brain, or just brain, gen- just normal gen- just brain. General, just, we, yeah. we might as well thank Gordon Armstrong when we go out yeah. on that now for joining us in the Peacock before the last game. I yeah. saw you there, Dave, as well. Yeah, I really coming. enjoyed that. It was good. Yeah. It was good. So come come along to the next, yeah, the next one. Next one's QBR at home. It'll be fun. Standing room only and stuff by the end, isn't it? We do have the initial heart attack fears where 
you turn up and there's nobody there and then there's yeah. this massive like rush yeah. at a certain time it's as if people have got better things to do with the whole <laughs> with the whole Saturday afternoon than come yeah. and listen to us imagine that you, worry, you get there and you're worried about that going well and then that goes alright <laughs> and then you're worrying about the match and then we get no, beat it doesn't go, go alright like, yeah. it's just a massive stress on it's a similar thing though, when you get to the match you're looking around thinking there's people going to turn up that's exactly <laughs> yeah. but yeah. they don't yeah. they just don't bother anymore yeah you can't blame them can no you? you can't well we're we going to leave. Thanks. On that? Yeah, thank, thank, <laughs> thanks for both, uh, both of you for coming in and joining us. Thank Did you. Very well thank on you your debuts, I would say. Would you? It was all right, wasn't it? Yeah. All right. We're not. We're not like give you. We're not doing anything schneiding. Give you like marks out of ten or like that. We'll just yeah, say thanks for right. coming in, and we'll thank our listeners as always for listening. We will have a win to talk about one day. I promise. Wise Men Say Sun FM Preview Show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. 